The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between, and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life, sometimes it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I am Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers. Writers and much more, as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. Now, I normally start off with a lesson that I learned from theatre. And as a performer, there are so many things that you learn about your craft. But one of the things that I've always paid attention to is that performing is not just about entertaining. It's about making your audience feel. The audience pay the money to come and to see a good show and to be entertained by you. And I want to leave with an experience that says, boy, you know, I, I had an experience tonight or today. But apart from focus on making an audience feel entertained, to be entertained is to be fully satisfied. And you make your audience feel. How do you communicate what you're feeling to your audience? And that's for another story. But what I would like to say to you is that feelings are very important. Feelings are the way in which we carry memories, the, the way we idolize and celebrate experiences. So it's very important to make your audience feel. Not just simply to entertain, but let them leave knowing and feeling and knowing that this experience, they can't have it again because it was, it, they, they absorbed the, the energy from you. And that's who a performer really is. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. Coming live from the studios of Philip Clark, as I said on this cold front evening. <laughs> so I think I see Trudy B. In the audience, so I'm going to ask her to come on at this point. I'm going to send her a request. Me don't know where the people them there, but them soon come on here, Trudy, because me know enough people are going to join us tonight. So, me don't want them to be sending out anything, but me going to send you a request now. Oh, no, I'm going to invite you to come and join me on Lights, Camera, Real Life. Yeah, so I'm waiting for Miss Trudy Bell, What's and here she is. What's up on stage? I am <laughs> her first Methodist to the first. You know, this this live thing? Else. Huh? First, you're doing this. Yeah, going live with someone else. Okay. Well, yes. you know what? I feel privileged, you know, because it looks like me. I pull out everybody because you're the second person. No, the third person. I said to me, why? And live with somebody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're looking fabulous. I bid properly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. People, you see what a good bath can do? Now <laughs> 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 scrub off the stress off of me. <laughs> Listen to me. I am going to read an introduction to you my dear so that the mm -hmm. people know what we are dealing with is that okay with you sure go ahead okay <laughs> let me see if i do you justice <laughs> ladies and gentlemen with me on stage on the live real life live this evening is an actress who i deem as a force of nature 
She is considered by Talawa magazine to be a, a laudable talent, confidence, naturalness, and authenticity. She is considered 2011's breakout star. She has been acting for at least 10 years now. She has acted in Adopted Child, plays like Joint Tenant, and not just a stage actress, by the way, a film actress as well. Living Dangerously, I think, is her latest. No, Champagne Popping. Champagne Popping. Champagne <laughs> Popping, yes. Yeah. Over my dead body, the plumber. And I'm sure she's going to talk to us about a lot more. But this is a young lady who has always loved to perform. And I would like to describe her as a force of nature to be reckoned with. Never, ever to be seen before on the face of this earth. Wow. Judy, welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. Boy, may I blush. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Philip. Listen to me now, man. I have a big up. I have a big up. I have a big up. Special talent. Girl, where in the universe them get you from? No, no. Huh? Yeah, I forgot to ask my mother. <laughs> but I know where she's going to find me, I swear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. Oh. Guys, welcome, guys. Welcome, all of you. Let me just tell you something about this girl. You know, I've been in theatre for a while now, probably, probably going over 20 years. And I found you, let me tell you something, I have to tell it to your face right now. I have found you to be absolutely so able to be so distinct in all of your characters. And that is not something that I see very often. Thank you. Because when you, when you see an actor play another role, you tend to see elements of that personality mm -hmm. in another role. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, uh, how does she get to have that distinct quality in each of her roles? And I want to say, congrats, girl. Trust me. Thank I you. love it, love it, love it. Thank you. So we want to get straight into it. We got reason tonight, you know. We got really right. reason tonight. Uh, you describe yourself as always loving to perform. Yeah. My love chatting of Philip. My love chat. Yeah. And I've always been a person that I always have a story to tell. I want to tell the story, but I just want to tell the story I am dry. I want to play it out for you. Come on, why you feel when me feel when me to see the story I play out. So that's the reason why I say I've always been a performer because I'm always telling stories and I'm always reenacting the story so that people can feel what I feel when I saw the story unfold. Yeah. Mm. yeah, man. You and I have something in common. Well, I don't think, apart from being actors, I I noticed you went to Wilma's Girls. You went, you went to Wilma's Boys? <laughs> no, oh, I actually okay. taught at Wilma's Boys. <laughs> I actually taught at Wilma's Boys. Okay. Yes, yes, what year did you go to? So, you're, you're, so Philip, you're coming up, you're load up my age after my day, I'd so good, good, God, no. Never tell you that the choo choo? No, no, you don't have to tell me because guess what? I taught at Wilmer's between uh, 96 and 90, 96 and 2000. Okay. I left, I graduated after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me, I want to talk about Wilmer's because yeah. I believe at Wilmer's you were a performer. What was that like in terms of the experience you had? with unearthing that aspect about you to be honest i've been performing i think mommy would tell you from i was two um and for me it was more it was it wasn't really about acting but it was more so about you know poem recitals it was about dancing my love dance like if i wasn't acting i'd probably be dancing so mm -hmm. i used to always be going on stage winning competitions all kind of stuff from a little so I've never been afraid of the stage. It has always been a part of me. So by right. the time I got to, by the time I was in prep school, now I started writing songs. At one point, I was leading like my cheerlead. Uh, I was writing the cheers for my house and stuff like that. I would practice it. So when sports day come, we sing the cheers that I wrote. 
you know. Yes. So by the time I come to Walmart, it's like it's already a part of me. So Walmart become uh, my favorite class was English class. Big up to Miss Moore. She she was my English teacher right throughout my entire um, high school years. And we would do a lot of, um, for example, if we if we do a Shakespeare story or whatever, we would have to know act it out, and that was always exciting for me. Um, and then by the time we got to six farm, you know, so I graduate, we're a big girl, you no know, six farm concert, so we can go go dance, so we can go right. dance and go, yeah, and just showcase for talent. So yeah. Mm. So Lama Lindsay Agricola Gis. Yes, uh, Woolmers in the house. Yes, Woolmers <laughs> in the house. Yeah, man. Some of my best memories was at Woolmers. Yeah. yeah, and feel free, guys, to ask questions in the chat because I mean we want to hear about yeah them. So Miss Moore, celebrity. I love Miss Moore. I love. I loved Miss Moore. I love her to this day. Yeah, man. So tell me something. What is one lesson that performing has taught you? Wow, one. Just one alone. All right. One, yeah, lesson. No one, <laughs> one lesson that performing oh god i might forgot pick um you know what it, oh, it one lesson that performing has taught me is that you might think that you're doing something so simple but it means so much to a lot of people mm -hmm. um what i have found over the years of even just um even just being on social media and meeting fans and many of them have told me that I have helped them to come out of dark places that they have been in. You know, um, sometimes they're going through situations and they just come across a video and then I cheer them up and it takes their mind off it and puts them in a happy space. And I remember when I just started um, and I really started, I realized that I could play comedy. I said, for me, if going on the stage and acting like, a, like an idiot for argument's sake, will make someone else happy for one hour, then I will be that idiot on stage. So that had always been my mindset before I really, really got into acting. So to see it come, you know, full circle when people actually tell me that, listen, like I remember a lady literally started crying, but start panicking on Philip Cow, when she started by me, I said, Lord of mercy. My neighbor them next door, I can lock down my window here. Yeah, may I get low? Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, I started to say, when, when that started to happen, I, I realized that it was really real. Like, people really look forward to taking their mind off whatever stress they might go through, whatever problems they might have, if I even for the five minutes. And yeah. I appreciate being gifted to do something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, it, yes, it, I learned it, that. It's almost as if you are a gift to someone else. May I tell you, I never knew, you know, just like <laughs> But tell me something, though. You weren't, you started in acting, you said about 2010. But yeah. What about, the, what about the roles that you played in real life now? You graduated from UWE with a management studies degree. Yeah. And you were working in, uh, at, at, a, at a call center. Is that it? I started at a call center. I spent about four mm -hmm. months there. That was my first job. And then I was in banking for like five years. So mm -hmm. I, I, I was at First Global in, when I was about 19. And then I left when I was in uh, about 25, thereabouts. I was there for a while. And then that's, and after that, I transitioned into theater. So it's kind of like when people ask me, they can't understand, oh, you left from this to this. Like, when I see the transition. Right. It's so, so, so that's the question I'm, I'm going to ask you to answer now. People used to tell me at, when I was at work, people used to say, Trudy, what do you do, yes, sir? I know, yes, sir, you for the, you know, you for the somewhere else. You forgot, you forgot, act. I mean, you used to take it as a joke, you know, but I mean, I guess, you know, it, it caused so me. Tell me what used to happen on the job, why people used to say that. Um, I guess I was the, I, to me, I just think me normal, but they thought I was funny. You understand? I guess some of the times I would have some some little comments to make. You know, I would do little things. And, you know, if we're having a, a party or a concert, I guess probably I was alive. I don't know. I don't know. I just say. Because I wasn't the one who I got going at the middle when everybody stand up in the little corner and free for going at the middle of the dance floor, through the gun in the middle of the dance floor and free up the place and people start coming and dance and stuff like that. And I guess even just my stories, you know. So people used to say that you shouldn't be here. But to me, so, me just think me regular. I'm not so. so what was that final? What was that <laughs> final push? The final that made you go into theater. 
All right. So what happened was I had gotten a promotion, right? And it, it required me working very late hours, like some long, long hours. And at the time I was, I was pursuing my degree. Then what was happening is that I started missing a lot of classes and yeah, grades them started dropping all of them stuff there. And, you know, I was really trying to find that balance and it became extremely difficult. So it just got to a point where I said, I'm going to have to go quit my job and go to school full time and then come back, you know? So it was mm. now to find something that would, you know, still be able to help me to, to pay my school fee while doing that. Right, so right. while I'm going to work one morning, I saw an ad. Somebody was reading the newspaper in the bus and I saw an ad and the ad was asking for actors. This was um, stages. They were asking for actors. I saw the ad on the Friday. The, um, the auditions was for the Saturday. So I just said, you know, something I go go. But I never really think nothing deep or big, you know. So I just, I just turned up for the audition. And I went and I performed. And honestly, I never think I get through either. Like, I literally never think I get through. But and then, yeah, and then my mother tell me, say, you get through, man. But you see, what happened is that the director's face, Paul Beale at the time, he, mm -hmm. his face was just so serious. So it's mm -hmm. like you couldn't really read you couldn't read a, you, you, you couldn't read anything. So you, you, you yeah. didn't leave saying why, you know, I did well or I didn't do well. So I think it was like about two days after I got the call. Um, so um, I would get a role in Bashman Granny, the movie. That hasn't been released, by the way, but I played Trevor's yeah. secretary, a character by the mm -hmm. name of Miss, Miss Guernsey. And I, you know, I went and I did that. And of course, prior to that, I didn't have any stage experience or anything like that or film experience i was just working up whatever you know naturally came to me and um i did that and then i was offered to do a role in the plumber as a character by the name of cindy pumpit and then i did that and it and it just kept going from there yeah, yeah. your relationship with paul beale god rest mm -hmm. his soul Mm -hmm. uh, would have been a, one of a like a mentor mentee. What are what are some of the things that you would have learned from Paul Beal as an actor, or maybe just about the business? Well, he had a book, by the way, because I'm a big reader, and he has many books. So there was a particular book that he had. The book never had a cover upon it, but it was a book about acting. And so when I just got in, he gave me this book and said, you know read it and you will learn certain tricks and stuff like that and it was such a good i'm gonna know the name of the book you know but by reading that book there were certain things that i learned in terms of certain tricks for example if you're going to deliver a big line you know a pause before that delivery yeah can help to point up the line you know yeah. so so sorry so because i didn't go to like edna Mali or, or stuff or, or anything like that so this book was very was very important. You know, I learned a lot from this book. So become a know some have to return it, but make sure I write out the points, them, the things that know can help me and stuff right. like that. So yeah, I would have I would have learned um from the books that he would have lent me. Um even in for example when I was playing the Mel Sita character, um he had his idea of how he wanted the character to be played. And then I was trying to play it like how he wanted it to be played. But I don't know, you know they, you know, we were trying to find the character and stuff like that. And I remember I did something one day and he said, that's it. That's the character, you know. And then from there, you know, I started playing around with it on stage. At the time, I never know some could have played comedy. Because of the, the role before that, it was a serious role. Yes, it was, character, it right. was a serious character. Right. So, as I go, as I sit down on the stage, Philip, people start laugh. So when I sit down on the stage, kind of my sit here never stay good yet. Right. On the stage, I'm hear the people that I laugh. I mean, come some look behind me because I started to feel like somebody was in the background, like some antics was taking place. That right. I wasn't it wasn't aware. you. It wasn't you. Exactly. I, I could never think of me mean or funny. So I keep looking. This happened for about two or three nights. Oh, and then I say, so, yeah, my mother said me used to garage, but me funny. Me, personally, never think me funny, but people think I was funny. So, all right, I was like, oh, so I made them a laugh after. Oh, all right, cool. Then I remember, like, when I start deliver some lines now, people start laughing. And I said, I made them a laugh after. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. 
You know? And then I start, I remember one time Michael, Michael Nicholson turned to me and said, my, you've become quite a comedian, haven't you? You know? <laughs> and um, it just went from there and I just started to get comfortable with the character. I just started to play the character. I just started to do what felt natural as that character. And it got to the point where I remember at one point, one night, my ears said, I wasn't there when it happened, but my ears said, well, lady, come out and she had I don't know. I say, oh, my mother so careless. My mother make me as a little picnic. They on stage so till them hours the other night I have school for go on morning. The woman cause she cause she cause them time that me a big 20 year old woman, you know. And that's what I realized. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're out there cooking people. <laughs> love it. Yes. Love it. <laughs> you you were so believable. She literally yes. felt you were a little girl. And then you know me, Marga already. So me and the little school yes. and thing. Nothing couldn't tell her. So I never little. Yes. I remember another time again when I was in Canada. We had a show in Canada. And there was a scene in Over My Dead Body where Melcita get beaten. No, you know, see when she get the beaten, you know, you just see when she faced it with the, the adults. And then him call her out and say, come for your breakfast. And then she come out and she go around in the room and you see him take the belt from off from around him neck and then you see him go around the room and they hear the slapping and the crying. And the bawling, yeah. And the bawling, yeah. So I remember at the end of the show, a lady came with her son and she said, see her there, she's not crying. Someone said, what happened? She said the little boy was crying in the audience and saying, why are they beating the little girl? And Shafia explained to him, no, one is not a little girl and two, she's not crying, she's acting. You know, me have to give him a hug and everything and tell him, all right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you there are memorable moments. You, you, have, you had several challenges. Mm -hmm. Coming to terms with moving from one character to the next. Tell me about how is it that you were able to deal with the challenge of how do I transition from this character to that character when I have no idea what to do? To be honest, it I didn't have any challenge. I'm gonna know Philip. I can't. I can't. I just and again it went back to it went back to that book, you know, because they're they're they spoke it spoke about playing your characters, like playing specific characters. So there are certain things mm -hmm. that you need to pay attention to. You need mm -hmm. to pay attention to the dressing of the character how the character speaks, how the character moves. So with that in mind, I know that each time I create a character, I have to flesh out what this character is going to look like and what the, the things that the character is going to say and all of that. So I did already know that. So when I decided that I wanted to know, develop these characters on my own, I knew exactly what I wanted, you know. So I just, I just did it and did it. And, you know, when I looked back, because it was being recorded, Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I said the voices in our head. Yeah, but that's myself. <laughs> we so talk about that. No, we so we so we so we right. so mm -hmm. Right. So, oh God, I'm a reach. I'm a reach. I'm a reach. Um. Right. Right. What me reach, Philip? The fashion out of the character. Yes. Oh, so when I'm right. watching them back. No, when I watch them back, I realize because I was like, all right. So, one push out. These four characters, it, it's four. It was Penelope, Sister Passion, that shout and a character by the name of Skizzy. So I'm going to say, anyone would take other one that may I work with. So when I sat and I watched all of them, they were all good, but Sister Passion, I don't know. Sister Passion was so funny to me, you know? And so um, when I started doing the videos, I started out with Sister Passion. And I felt like it was good to have different characters so that I do not become typecast. You understand? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's exercise for me. Because one, me can't play one character go straight through. I, I can't do that. You know, I feel like I always like to challenge myself. So I made sure that I had several characters. And if I feel like me I played that one too long, I just go to the other one. Kind of just keep me on my toes. You know what I mean? Which leads me to uh, another question. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that you love the book 48 Laws of Power. Mm-hmm. There's one of the one of the laws that says you are to re recreate yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you try to do that? And I'm talking um, generally now. I did. I to come with the 
sister passion and all of that yes that that was definitely a recreation um i just i took a break from theater and you know i went on my own so i can't live with you know anybody's character um so i had to develop my own and i didn't want to be for example look upon steve urkel and jaleel white like steve mm-hmm. urkel followed jaleel right throat and i didn't want that to happen to me so when i came back i made no reference to the character at all so if you don't know mel sita i was never going to tell you that i played played mel sita because i mm. didn't want to just be remembered for mel sita because i play mel sita mel sita don't play me you understand so i just took a break went you know kept a low profile and so when i launched people were like who is this girl you know and then i came with dashota who is this girl came with penelope who is this girl long after oh is the same girl really who is yeah. this girl you know yeah. and so yeah. these characters were able to stand on their own and it's something that i'm very proud of absolutely and they do because in that skit on on social media zoom meetings be like you yeah. know on that skit let me tell you something i can't stop watching this skit because <laughs> i'm cracking up mm-hmm. each time every one of the characters says something mm-hmm. there's a book i read several years ago called the three faces of eve I don't know if you ever heard about that book. Mm-mm. But it was late it was it was made into a a film later on. Mm-hmm. Uh in 19 about 1957. Mm-hmm. And the book talks about this lady Joanne who recognizes that she has some issues with herself. So she goes to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and during the psych the session she reveals Eve Black and then another time she reveals Eve White so she mm-hmm. have three different character and i'm telling you if you were to play if that show was to be recast in 2020 you'd have played that role so well let me ask a question do you talk to yourself sometimes what you are cooking in my room for a good day yeah mama talk to myself and answer myself man all the time <laughs> <laughs> So, so you hear, so you hear what she said. The voices in her head, them, them come alive so, every day. Man, what happened? Nobody cares. Said I'm gonna spite me. I stop talking to me. You know, me talk to myself, and we have fun uh-huh. together. Yeah, man. So, 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 so when people say, "Boy, when people talk to themselves, I'm mad. They're mad." Well, what you, you know what? You know what? Sometimes they commit a madness in all our way. You understand? Yeah, they commit a madness in all our way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my IG friends, I am talking to the great. I'm talking to the talented. I'm talking to the multi personality through the bell, and she have quite a number of characters. I mean, I didn't even know she came up with four, but me only know about three. But ladies and gentlemen, she is talking to us tonight about her life, her career, Trudy. Mm-hmm. You uh, talked about spending time at Opa Camp with your dad. Yeah. What's, what's that? What was that like, and how did that influence your um, your development as a person? It was amazing. Um, it was my entire family. Them time the Opa Camp wasn't so much a, a military base, but you had a section that was you know it was there for families, and so it was like a very close knitted community. Everybody knew everything. Uh, every mm-hmm. everybody knew everybody. Um, we felt very safe. It was yeah, it was a, it was like a huge family. Everybody knew everybody. Pitness, everybody looking out for everybody. You understand? Um, it was. I, I had. A, I, I really had a good childhood. Um, and I would say that because nobody, you know, worry about nobody a bully you or nobody a tear you down mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that would probably help in terms of confidence as well. Because if, right. you know, if you're going, whether it's a summer camp, VBS, vacation, Bible study, whatever, and you go up and you perform, there's nobody there booing you or tearing you down, everybody cheering everybody. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. every Christmas, you either go Coney Park, you see I'm old, you either go Coney Park or <laughs> <laughs> You know, you have the Christmas party. It was awesome growing up. Yeah. yeah. So your confidence, you know, all of that helped to influence your confidence. How important is family to your career? It is extremely important. Can I tell us my family no know what to do without them? Because it has been challenging. I can tell you, doing theater is not a walk in the park. 
you understand and you have times when you know sometimes you have to make certain decisions and you're wondering if you're making the right decision and you just need that person that listening ear my mother for me is my my best friend and you just need that listening ear for say you know this is what is happening this is what i'm thinking what do you think you know and even just going out on my own as an entrepreneur it's not easy and there are many I'm times sure. may have to lean upon them whether financially whether emotionally so you really need that you really need that 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 um strong strong family tie and family bond and you know just that person to be behind mm -hmm. you and make you no know, say even when the world turn them back on you me have your back it, yeah, it your theater, theater can be very harsh. And yeah, very tell me. Yeah, man. And as a business in Jamaica, yeah, I don't know. You know, if we are at the level where you know we can say, "Boy, we can make Look a here. full time living Look, from." No. It. But you're making a full time living from it now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, but remember, and for me, it's um, it because it's for me, it's not just acting anymore. I'm, you know, I also produce. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's, it's bad. It, it's risky. But you know how it goes. Do your risk because it's risky. If the return is good, the return can be high. And if the return is bad, you, mm -hmm. you, you can't flatten you. So mm -hmm. I use that, it's like it's a game of chess and you have to really know how you're playing. You, you understand? But yeah. Listen, so, when I, last year I went to see, I saw King Kong on Broadway. Philip, when we come back to Jamaica, may I say a joke thing with the pun, you know? When you see how far and how advanced theater is in other countries, and then you come back, you, you just, you feel like, yo, we're not, we're not really going, no. I have so another tell friend. So, so yeah. tell me something, probably I get down United, no, you know, I get down yeah. United, you know, because I, like you, I'm sure that same opinion, I really think that we can do more with the talent that we have. I mean, look at you. Mm -hmm. You are not an Edna Manley trained or you didn't go to acting school. And mm -hmm. you are shining so bright mm -hmm. all over. And I'm saying to myself, if we were to really come together and make this work, what in your view are the elements that need to take place for that to happen? That which you saw in Broadway. All right. All right. So while I, um, I would want what is happening in Broadway to happen here, at the end of the day, they have a, a huge market to sustain that. So that's one of the first things you have to look at. Jamaica mm -hmm. is small, <laughs> right? Wow. So for the kind of production and the kind of money that something at that caliber would take, I don't know if we would be able to even make back the money if we're just marketing to Jamaica, you know. So it would have to be something. For example, we have a very strong tourism product. So I think that maybe one of the things that we can do is try to interweave theater into tourism. You know what I mean? So um, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing where when the tourists come here, then they can look forward to coming to see a Jamaican play. And it is done in such a way where they can understand so, you know, there's not too much of a language barrier, but at the same time, we're not, um, not too much of a language barrier, but at the same time, we're not alienating them from the culture. So it's still true, authentic Jamaican culture and Jamaican stories, but they can understand and appreciate that, you know, but mm. I don't think Jamaica alone, Jamaica right now, there are too many distractions. There's cable, there's social media, there are just so many other alternatives right now that people not necessarily are going to just flock to theatre alone. And I like back in the days when you know, say boy, you don't have muscle, one TV station and two right. radio stations, you understand? So mm. when anybody hears a player come, everybody run and flock for the watch play. It's not like that anymore. So, so it has become extremely competitive. To, so the aim is to promote your work to the, to, to the international Right, and also to make sure that your work is, is good and not sloppy, that should just slap two things together. Mm. All that. You get what I'm saying? Like, you have to, like, really take time and do the thing properly. So when the people, them, come one time, them can say, you know, say that good. Yeah, mommy, I got to do it again. You understand? So, the, the, so, when, so, so now, I hear um, Orville say, 
is he, he, he's not worried about the booking. It's about the rebooking. And that's so true. Because people will spend the money and come and watch something one time. And you turn them mm -hmm. up. They ain't coming back. Mm -hmm. So, you, you, are you, you describe yourself as a, a well, and, and, and a performer, producer, who plays to the audience? Or are you willing to take issues that we deal with from day to day and put them on stage in a very creative way? Yeah, the latter. I um I don't play to the audience to be honest because I feel like the market is there um for everyone um people will like what you do and people won't like what you do so it's just for you to find your niche I feel like mm -hmm. what I wanted to do I wanted to entertain but I also wanted to impart knowledge because oftentimes people people there are other things that people want to hear about there are other things that people want to learn about but there's nobody else really trying to impart that you get what I'm saying. Um, and I just felt like that was a niche that I needed to cater to, you know. And so that's why even when I, I did, did the Sister Passion um, videos, people were, I would say, I think it was a breath of fresh air for them because I was talking about things that a lot of people, you know, were talking about. You know, and because when I read the comments, you realize like they must say, I true, yeah, talk because this didn't happen to me and that didn't happen to my friend. And, and I realized that, it, you know, some of these topics are things that people wanted to talk about, but nobody never really addressed them. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, for example, I right, give you a perfect example. When I when I created the characters, I was creating them for television. Right. And I remember when I went to a TV station, um, one one here and one overseas and them tell me, say, Pretty much, in a nutshell, especially the one out here, pretty much that time I say, people are so educated for understand a joke them. You're writing for an American audience. Yes, that's what they were saying to me. You're writing for an American audience. Because remember, so Jamaican people are so that, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. So in essence, you're asking You're you're breaking up, uh, Trudy. Your your um signal breaking up. So I'm not hearing. Uh yes, you're back now. You you you're going a little bit again. I don't know where you are. You're morphing to a character. It look like. I don't know. I must. I must. I must. My internet. I don't know. Are you hearing yeah. me now? We're good now? Uh, go ahead. You, you are saying something about, uh, which I love. I love the point. Um, before, you, before, you, before you start the point, let me just say, guys, we're talking to Trude Bell. Uh, she's an actress, multifaceted. She's also a producer, writer, and director. And uh, she's talking to us about her career. I am very excited about this conversation because she was on a point about writing for television and being turned down because... Her writing is too educated. Trudy, talk to me about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, hold on, before I ask, before I do that, I can share the video here. Will I be able to on a different platform? Um, this video that we're doing. If, if it's safe, can it be yeah, shared? Yeah, can man. Be yeah, man. Okay. yeah, man. I will, yeah, man. I can, you can. All right, cool. All right, yes. Yeah, so, what made us know? Yes, yeah, so, you said that you, you wrote the thing and they did, and yeah, they um, turned yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, I tell myself, boy, you know, the Jamaican audience, them, you know, them not gonna get the joke. But I honestly feel like I felt like it was it was more a slap to the face because I refused to believe that everybody in Jamaica does. I refuse to believe that. You get what I'm saying? I felt exactly. like it was an underestimation of 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 um of our intelligence, and I said, I said, I'm not gonna. Seminar, do that. So I was trying, 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 but then afterwards I made it seem like, all right, we'll take you something. But you see, how they make it is almost like it's a charity case. Like they must say, boy, it never do good. But all right, since you're in our skin, we will take it. I'm gonna say, you know something. Mm. So it's all right. Me just, me just not, me just not bother. Me just all on my material, all on the things them. And when I decided that I was going to just put them on social media, I just did a re-edit because, you know, you have a, your material, how you present it for social media would be different from how you would um, 
present it for television. So I did some re-edit to it and kind of clean it up a bit. And um, I put it on social media and it went viral. And they understood what was happening. I am happy. And, and, I, I am and happy. And a piece of the clip was featured on a television station here for um, um, Smile Jamaica. A piece of it was, yeah, I look at that. This wow. This is the same material that was turned down. So, so, so you clearly have a place and have a role to play. Yes. I want to <laughs> move from there into, because I was going to talk to you about before, but some people who watch your plays may think that your play belong with the roots play genre of, of, of acting, of, of drama. Uh -huh. And uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Where do your plays and where is the, the category that they fall in? And I don't even think I like categories either, to be honest with you. you know, I, just think, I just think I do theater, I do Jamaican theater, and that's it. That's my category. <laughs> Whatever you want to put, whatever category you feel like you want to put it, that's up to you. I am not, because as I said, I, I'm, I'm not a person that believes in borders and this cookie cutter kind of thing. Oh, you have to do this so you can go. No, I will take Absolutely. elements from everything and put it together so that I can have a good product. And, and that's Absolutely. just where it is. And that's yeah. what I see in your work, actually. That's exactly what I see. So, mm -hmm. whoa, hey. Why? I am enjoying this. I, I'm, I'm happy to see that there is a young, talented individual who's going out there and pushing the buttons. You know, I, I love that. And you spoke about research. Trudy, hmm. how important is research in the way how you prepare? extremely extremely okay i even express how extremely important it is. it is in every aspect because if you don't research the market you will get up and spend this whole heap of money say you're gonna produce play and boom before you know it you're bankrupt so it's important there even in just executing your stories, telling your stories and having your characters play and stuff like that. It is important to research your story, the topic, all of these things, because everybody's going to be seeing your product. You know, one put out, no, out there and a foolishness and somebody in the audience and a foolishness. Shut talk, you know. You know what, that. You want when no. you present your piece, you want to present something credible. You understand? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So it's extremely important, man. I will implore anyone that is going to be doing theater or anything like that, even just to speak in public, because there's nothing worse than a fool who no knows them is a fool. You understand? When it comes on to entertainment, you know, in this mm -hmm. country, a lot of us believe that because we're talented, you know, Man, them they have book work. We not have to go to them suck them and we have talk about research. Research what? No, my good man, my good. Well, if you want, if you what, do you say, what do you say to the artist out there who denies that he needs to do research? Well, you know, everybody of them own big man, them can do what they want. So if you comfortable with, you know, with the possibility of looking like a fool, then by all means, go straight ahead. But if you want to look like somebody who knows what you're about and somebody where nobody can just come and run over you because mm -hmm. they feel like you're mm -hmm. a fool, do mm -hmm. your research. It is extremely important. This is how people get locked in contracts and can't come out of them. You get what I'm saying? Do mm -hmm. your research. I see it happen so many times, so many times, and it could have happened to me. So, but because he's a research girl, and me ask the questions, then you cannot lock me. Theater is seen in Jamaica as people who who people who no sense and them dance. I they, know. They, they, Can and you then, the people, then the people who don't do well at academics, Can and then figure they do play, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. they don't understand the power. And the transformative mm -hmm. power of theater. You mentioned it earlier when you talk about how impacted that lady was by you playing uh, the, the, the student and how the young boy was so, was in, in tears, you know, mm -hmm. he's crying. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you, when you come up with these kids, people say, achoo, achoo. What do you say to people, especially parents, especially parents, mm -hmm. who say, me nah, say I got no art school, you're idiot, you're wasting the money. <laughs> you want my honest opinion? Boy, it's, I'm, I'm on the fence with it, you know, because um, 
for me, ach, let me see how I can word this now. I'm on the fence, Philip, because I see I see both sides of the spectrum. One, you know, it will help to enhance you as a performer and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you spend your money and you go and you, you, you study these courses and there's no market for you, then what are you going to do with it? Because that was my concern. That was one of the reasons why I didn't go to drama school, you know. Um, well, one, I never know. My mother, my mother, I think my mother would have been fine, but at the time I never did want to test for find out. That was yeah. one. And then two, at the time, I didn't really see a lot of theater going on. So I was saying, if me, I got to the course there, I'm going to say enough other people are going to that course there, before me, after me, all of us are going to be in the market. I don't see any plays being produced. So where are we going to get jobs? You get what I'm saying? So I'm going to say, you know something? Go in one different field. Where if this the workout, you can always bounce on that. And if you want to go and do your theater, then you go and do your theater. Because um, while we can focus on the artistic or the creative side of it, at the end of the day, yeah, build them up a peer. You understand? You can go to JPS and say, boy, you know, say, I have, um, I have talent. Can you, you want exchange? You understand? The light bill come up to X amount of money. I can get $5,000 worth of talent. You want that? You can do that. You have to find the money, give them. You understand? So it is not just about the creative side of it, but also the business side. So you have to make sure that you make the best decision. And me not think you have one without the other. So even if you do go to your drama school or whatever, back it up. Mm. Uh, but but well, I'm not. But and also, <laughs> while you're learning how to do drama, mm. learn how to do the business, business of drama. Exactly, because what is <laughs> happening? What has happened? And what I realize is that a lot of persons, because they love the arts so much, them not realizing their true worth. You understand? So when them do something, a person might just give them a little money and say, "Yeah, man, just come, come entertain or whatever." Well, it's a, it's. You have your bills them for peer. You get what I'm saying? But because you love it so much, I said, well, you know what? It's my passion. I not have a problem yet, yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, can it, can, can, will you be able to survive from it? At the yeah, end of the yeah. day, when you get old, will you have a pension? Like, what, 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 what is your future going to look like? You know, mm. so I feel like, you know, I mean, people are getting wiser now, but many people I know have their emotions in it. You, you get what I'm saying? So much yeah. emotions, you know, this is the, the art and the perfection and this and that. And they're so concerned about what they're presenting to the public and, and all of that. And then they're not paying attention to the business side, which is very important. So do you think you can do a movie? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I could. Um, what would my dad work <laughs> I cannot answer that. When I said, do I think I could do a movie? In terms of what? It, what would prevent me from doing a movie? I don't know what would prevent you. Oh, so I am just asking you. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Philip, I have a wicked, wicked, wicked script, you know. I have a... That woman here, right? That woman here. Yeah, it's just, again, um, you want to make sure, so when you do what you do, you know how you make back your money. So I'm not going to just get up and run, go make a movie, and I'm going to know a movie I'm going to sell. You get what I'm saying? But and that's in the future, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I, I am very interested in finding out, you know, how do you navigate the issues of what is happening in Jamaica, the crime, the violence, the politics, uh, how things are oh, yeah. working out in terms of our social lives, you know, and how uh, truly incorporates that into her personal creative life i want to see you know how to what extent do you use it to what extent you don't use it uh or you just go inside your, your head and uh, do what you think you should do best um well there are some things that i do um talk about things that are important the first play that i did living dangerously was about human trafficking and domestic abuse and that was my first, first play. And it's a play that I'm very proud of because it was a play that even got picked up and spent. And um, through the Feel with Jamaica project and because of the content. And the whole thing was that I remember the first time I learned, because I always hear about human trafficking, Philip. I'm not sure what that. Or maybe I like drug trafficking. 
where you just take some human and just move them from yesterday to better. But in my mind, I feel like if a person that try to run off in one other country and just say, boy, you know, say, I want to go to America. So here, I'm going to give you money and you try to get to another country illegally. That's what I thought human trafficking was until I was at class one day and the topic was human trafficking and when the lady started to explain what was happening and you know we started to hear people you know recount their argument so nobody not talk about this i was scared to it because for me i felt like this could have easily been me you know uh -huh. yeah a young girl she she wants a job she's honestly looking for a job response to some mm -hmm. ad in the newspaper before you know it you're trafficked. So it was a scary yeah. thought for me. And I said, and this was before I even started. I, I started, this was before I went on my own. And I said, I want to do something that is going to address this issue. And so when I did Living Dangerously, um, I spoke about domestic violence because, again, I am against it. You understand? And, and I just feel like this has been happening. And you just can't understand. Oh, it's just up, no, no, up, no, no. It's like you just no, no, stop, stop. I mean, even this week, you know, the stories have been going. I mean, I say, yo. But, yeah, so there's domestic violence, especially violence, intimate partner violence and violence against women and human trafficking. And so I told the story, but I couldn't market it as a, hey, come on to play about human. I couldn't market it as such. So, of course, yeah. when you do Sister Passion, I give the joke, then the punchline, them and people are say, yeah, wow, watch this. And then them yeah. come and them get a story and it's like, oh, you know. And I remember one time someone said to me that somebody asked them, why, another writer, why don't you do a story on human trafficking? And the person said, so nobody now come watch that. And then he saw my show and he was like, oh, um, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, yes. you know? That's what people need to know about what creatives do. That's how yes. masterful we are. Yeah. We, we, we get you to come and see something that you don't want to see, but you eventually end up seeing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And yes. that is why people must understand the power of creatives because politicians, economists, educators can use right. uh, messages like these and teach them mm. by just packaging them in the right way. Let me tell you something, Philip. For me, I get bored easily, you know. I get bored really, really, really easily. And oh, yeah, you understand? <laughs> so when you're in a one lecture, three hour lecture, me, I'm haunted. You get what I'm saying? So for me, me no say if I'm going to do something and this is the topic that I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. You're gone again. You will do. But there, man. Yes, you're back. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So because I suffer from that, I am very mindful that even if I'm speaking about topics that maybe a little somebody might consider as boring, I do it in such a way that it will still be entertaining to them. Pull them in. You know, at Absolutely. least pull them in and let the, let the conversation start. What has been your great? Um, we're so, we're, we're, why am I mercy? I can't believe it's a one hour gone already. Almost done already. No, sir. We just start talk. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, listen. Uh, challenges come and go. But mm -hmm. truly, you know, say, life is not as funky dory as we want to make it out to. What is one challenge that, you know, you don't want to have to have experience again that has taught you a great lesson and made you the person you are today? In theater or just in general? In theater. Ask me the question again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll make it easy for you, you know. What is one challenge that you really don't want to have again, ever again, but it has made you grow from it? Um, just people fighting you, trying to prevent your talent from seeing the light of day. You know, um, I get that a lot. That's why I had to, yeah, man, that's why I had to just go and start my own thing and get my own team and we're a family over there and yeah it's it's annoying to be honest because your shine doesn't diminish another person's shine you get what i'm saying um but yeah ugh. yeah th th like them things there i really wish me not have to deal with and so as i say it was important for me to find a space myself where I can control in terms of the kind of people that I have around me and, you know, people, because I don't like egos. 
you understand? We don't think nobody better than nobody. We don't think nobody more than nobody. So when, you know, I'm in that space with people, I just want everybody to just behave like them are human beings because we are all human beings regardless. And so, yeah, so, so, for, so for me, I really, well, I'm take, I go, but I don't know if I ever get rid of it. I don't know if I ever get rid of it because, you know, people bad mind for little and nothing. And sometimes I say them really not ambitious, you know, but I saw it go. Um, but yeah. But you know what, Philip? These things, I appreciate it because guess what I realize now. My mother always saying, anytime I get fight, God always sends some angel around you. I realize yes, that. Yes, truthfully, blesses you born with your gift. Nobody can take that from you, Sister yeah. Passion. Every single time me get off, you see, like me, I try to go, yes, and somebody come and block off, yes, so them end up a force me for go over this. I never want to go over this. I can't be a bush over this, and it's dark. I don't know where I go over there, you know, Philip. Right. And then when you force me for go over this, I know my fine treasure, what I never did plan for, I never expect. You understand? So, so now when I see it happening, and it still happens, I'm not paying my mind because I know, say, you know, everything happened for a reason. I get Absolutely. over whatever, whatever, whatever before. You're not gonna be no different, and yeah. Absolutely. So Absolutely. once upon a time, like if anything just gone, not got away, what I want to go like, fret, I'm stressed mm -hmm. out and whatever. No, water off my back. It's, it is what it is. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent point. So that leads me to my last question. However, all my guests, I always ask them this question. Many young people are listening on and listening to this this reasoning and they are honestly trying to navigate themselves you know throughout life what is that one thing that you would say to that one young person right now i mean nobody tell you say you can't do it man don't make nobody tell you um if you if you are consistent and you believe what you're doing don't make nobody tell you say you're not me you're that me here you understand? Yeah, man. But me never believe that. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So don't let anybody tell you, deter you from doing what you're doing. Don't let nobody tell you how you're for dream and what you can accomplish from what you can, can't accomplish. The only person that can stop you is you and nobody else. Absolutely, my friend. And yeah. trust me, not even Penapoli, not even Sister Passion, not even, what's the other one name? That's Shota. Um, that's Shota, and that's Shota, she loud enough. Why she does loud? <laughs> I mean, if your father just shouted, you know, you're not, you know, hey, you're afraid of that Shota, you know? No, sir. I'm afraid of that girl, I'm afraid of that girl, bad. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. That movie, The Three Faces of Eve, that book, mm -hmm. go and read it. I will. I encourage you to read it because... I think you have the ability to take that to another level, absolutely. Mm. Trudy. Thank you. Afromer Jam says, the world is your oyster. Great oh, conversation. Proud of you. Can't wait to see you perform live. <laughs> Thank but you so much, guys. So talk to me now as you leave your latest project. My latest project. All right. So we did um, Scampin Popping and Living Dangerously Virtually um, this year. And we are going to be re remounting it for the Christmas weekend as a two for one. Many people that didn't see it, they want to see it. So those who missed Living Dangerously want to, want to watch it. And those who saw Living Dangerously want to see Scampin Popping. And so when the questions them started to come in, I was like, you know what, maybe I need, because I was just going to do Living Dangerously. But when I saw requests started to come in, that play that you had earlier this year, we want to see that one. I said, you know what, why not just give them a two for one? So it's two tickets for the price of one. It's $20 um, early bird and 25 pre-sold. And we're just going to make it an exciting Christmas weekend. Two for one, Living Dangerously and Scamping Popping on Facebook Live. Excellent, excellent. And I'm proud of you, girl. Uh, keep up the good work. And I, you have my support. And Thank I just you. want to see you fly, grow more wings, soar higher and higher, and just take Jamaica to another level in the world of theater. Thank, Thank you. you for joining me tonight. I really enjoyed you. Yeah, and guys, you're um, true to friends. Thank you for joining in. Thank you, uh, guys. Love you. 
Man, but see, all I want to comment them and I know the thing freeze up and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, you know, freeze up enough time. Yeah. Well, feel, that's how I did I try to get on the live. And I'm feel so. That's how I did I try to get live. All right. Take care. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Um, and the live will be available on my page. And I can send it to you as well. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's how I can share it. Take care. And say hi to Dashout and Penapoli for me. Philip, Philip, I want to see you in the group. And make sure you buy one ticket. You know, it's 1800 for those in Jamaica. Okay. Well, um, where do I get the link again? Um. Oh, I can send it. I can send you the link. The tickets are available at shopmistrudyb.com. Shop, M-S-T-R-U-D-Y-B dot C-O-M. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. All yeah. right, my friend. All right. See you on stage. All righty. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Cool.